everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you find encouragement today as you listen. Amen, 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 amen. Good morning. Oh, by the way, amen means so be it. Um, so that doesn't really make sense. I got out of the house this morning uh, with my favorite puffy vest on before Debbie saw me. And uh, um, remember Linus uh, with his blanket? This puffy vest is like my blanket. It might improve my speaking this morning. It might not, but I just feel very comfortable. Um, a couple years ago, Debbie and I... It's been a few years now, but we had a chance to go to London, England with a friend of ours. He kind of helped us find a place to stay. And um, I always joke, I saw London behind the viewer and the little camcorder. Debbie saw it firsthand. I saw it through the view uh, because I was the guy and I was like the paparazzi or the videographer or whatever. But uh, I I had these um, very comfortable, I think they're probably pajamas, Debbie. And and, uh, so... Uh, I was con- I was convinced. Debbie kept asking me. I get up every day. I just put on these. You know, we're in London. Uh, these they looked like tiger pants. They had stripes on everything. And uh, and she kept uh, criticizing my wardrobe. And I said, "Honey, I'm a trendsetter. I'm in London, this, the the hub of fashion. And what I'm wearing today, what they'll be wearing tomorrow. You know, I'm not sure it worked that way. Uh, but this morning." Uh, who knows, maybe around the Madison area, others will be wearing that, or maybe they're already wearing it, because I'm always about five or ten years behind uh, if I'm not ahead. So it's just the way it works for me, all right? So anyway, uh, just look past this, and it's very comfortable. And uh, uh, But you know what's really comfortable is, is talking about uh, this series that we've started during the Lent season. We call it Rooted. It could probably be called a lot of things. And really, what it is about is, is taking a look at what is so important to our lives individually and how it relates to this thing we call church, capital C. It's a worldwide movement. It's not just our location here in this avenue, but it's the body of Christ, the kingdom of God uh, throughout our community, throughout our state, throughout the states, throughout the nation, the nations. And it's, it's uh, very old and it's very deep and it's very... Uh, um, miraculous. It's very mysterious, this thing we call the, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. And uh, so we've been looking at this idea of being rooted or revisiting the important pillars of, of our faith in the, in the church. In fact, last, last week, we got five questions. This will be the second of five questions this morning. But last week was why, why church? Why, you know, why church as we know it, the people that gather, and why gather is probably a better, a better word for it. But um, uh, I wanted to start this morning by taking you back to my childhood. I was 12 years old, it's 1972, and there's a song that uh, hit the top, the top 20, actually became number one for like five or six weeks from a British lyricist by the name of Gilbert O'Sullivan. He, his na- first name wasn't even Gilbert, uh, but he changed it uh, uh, for reasons I won't go into. People often do that. Uh, uh, but Gilbert O'Sullivan wrote a lot of songs, and he, they even liked his voice over there, and I guess we liked it over here because when I was 12 years old, it was on the radio all the time. And the song that, that he wrote that became his first number one was entitled, entitled uh, Alone Again, Naturally, okay, some of you may have heard it uh, on oldies radio or are old enough to remember it yourself. But um, the, 
the, he's basically telling the story of somebody who was jilted, left at the altar, and his even his feelings of despair to the point of not even wanting to live. And, uh, and then the last part, uh, okay, I'll give you a choice. Do you want me to speak them to you or you want me to sing them to you? Okay, I, I thought so. Okay, here we go. Ready? This is my best of Gilbert, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Hold on. I got to get, I got to, I got to get on the, the Gilbert. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Looking back over the years and whatever else that appears, I remember the time I cried when my father died. <laughs> Hold it. I better try that one again. I remember I cried when my father died, never wishing to hide the tears. And at 65 years old, this is really sad. My mother, God rest her soul, couldn't understand why the only man she had ever loved had been taken, leaving her to start with a heart so badly broken, despite encouragement from me, no words were ever spoken, and when she passed away, I cried and cried all day alone again. Okay, so you heard the song before. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, that was not worth that. Don't please save your applause for the end of the sermon. Um, <laughs> uh, what's funny is I was listening, the things I do on Saturday when I'm preparing my sermon, right? Because I love Saturday. It's really quiet around here. Every other day of the week is crazy around here because we have a child care center for almost 50 years, right? So I love to come in Saturday mornings and sometimes YouTube takes me places I shouldn't be. So I'm listening to an interview of Gilbert O'Sullivan and they go, so tell us about that song. Your life, my, no, it wasn't even about my life. My dad died, but I never knew him. Uh, I wasn't left at the altar. I was single for many years. I wanted to stay single so I could concentrate on my music career. So he wrote the, in fact, uh, one, one, uh, one uh, popular uh, singer said, how can this guy at 21 years old be writing this? His mother was alive when he wrote the song, okay? Uh, but he just liked to write songs and it became a hit. Uh, and now, he couldn't relate to it in his real life, but the reality is loneliness is, is very, very real. And it's a real part of our lives. And some of those words, probably why it resonated with so many in our country and around the world, was because there's that pain that gets so heavy and so intense that sometimes, you know, we just want to go to a tower and jump off and, you know, let, we hope that never is the case because we know there's hope and there's, there's, there's this thing we call resurrected life in Jesus where tomorrow can be better because he can pick us up and heal us from our, from our brokenness. But uh, loneliness is real, even if it wasn't real for Gilbert O'Sullivan. In fact, um, I like, go to that next scripture here. Uh, the name of my message this morning is, why you? Not why church this morning, but why you? It, it could have been why. The reason we're going there is because in the very beginning when, when, when we see the book of Genesis and how we understand the, the Judeo-Christian faith and the beginning of Judaism and the story of, of man and everything, God says this, it's not good for man to be alone. It, he, he recognizes that the very, our very creative design is that we would, would have fellowship with him, with, with one another. And, uh, you know, you've heard the story, you know, Adam was alone for a while and then God said, it's not good. I'm going to create a helpmeet, a partner, a lifelong friend. So he created, he created a, a Eve and he presented Eve to Adam and Adam goes, oh man. And that, that's it, woman, woman. Okay, so uh, that's the story. God said, almost, it's woman, not woe, man. And uh, so uh, it's not good for man to be alone. And, and in Romans 12, Paul's writing this letter to the early church. says, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs 
all the others. I like how the New Living Translation says that each of us needs all the others. We really do need each other. So why, uh, why, the, why the rootedness and the, 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 uh, the establishing of, of you and me? In fact, I, I just want to, every one of my points I want to say from a personal perspective this morning, we need each other, but I need you because that's what the scriptures teach. And I know how lonely one can be. Very few times in my life was I alone, but when you're alone and you feel that aloneness, it's, it's a horrible feeling. And some of you feel that even this morning. And I believe you're in the right place today because I believe what God has given us in community is a place to be connected and be healed in community. Uh, and not just community, because there's, there's other communities within our community where you can connect, but there's something special and supernatural about the community of Christ. There's something that is supernatural about the body of Christ the church, those who are called out to follow Jesus Christ, okay? So here we go. Why are you important? First of all, um, I need you to walk with me, all right? I need you, now you could look at me and say, I need you to walk with me. Uh, we need each other. And in fact, uh, uh, our faith in Christ, uh, when we make that confession of faith and there's different ways that we see, you know, sometimes it's baptism, sometimes that, that's the starting point for us, or that confession, um, uh, uh, that, that place where, that, where we just cross the line into Christ's kingdom, okay? I, I was starting to trace, chase a, a rabbit trail there. I'm not going to, all right? When that pause was, was, was uh, you're glad, I just, I don't need to chase it, but I just, I love the story of people who encounter Jesus Christ and where it begins. And so what I'm saying there is uh, that, that is what the walk or the journey is about. The walk is that walk of faith. It's when we begin, um, there's, a, there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. And then the last phrase is they will walk and not faint. There's times in our faith where we're soaring with the eagles and we're sprinting, but it always comes back to that walk. It's a journey. We get up in the morning and somebody's leading us and it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Lord Jesus. And he's, he's taking us on a journey and it's, it's a walk that we're in. So that's what we're talking about. And in Colossians, Paul writes to this church at Colossae, he says, just as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him, all right? And, uh, and look at this in Hebrews chapter 10. The author of Hebrews, I kind of set it up here, verse in verse 24, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. So don't, you know, let's continue to meet as community called out ones, the, you know, the assembly, the church, that's what the assembly, that's what church means is assembled people, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Uh, it's encouragement when we walk together. And now for every one of these points, this first one being, I need you to walk with me, there's a benefit. And the benefit of walking together, walking with you, walking with me, is that uh, it's God's answer to loneliness, well, that's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? It's got, God has an answer built into his creation since the cross. And it was this, this long-awaited promise when Jesus came and gave his life and rose. And he created a community. He created a kingdom. Uh, he invited the kingdom of God to earth through his life. And he said the kingdom is now and it's going to even be greater when Christ returns. But the kingdom of God is this church that we're a part of. And, uh, and the thing is, is we, we, we are part of this, the, the benefit of, 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 of 
of eradicating loneliness. How's that, all right? In fact, when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, he talks about the value of the ministry offices, um, the, 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 uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, and he lists five of them. Sometimes some scholars put pastor, teacher together. So maybe there's just only a fourfold ministry, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is there are these offices that are, are, are gifted to the church for what purpose? To do works of ministry? No, to equip the, the, the scripture there says the saints, the, the followers of Christ, those on the walk with Jesus, those on the journey with Jesus to equip them. And the interesting thing about that word equip, it's the same word that's used for the, 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 when the disciples are mending their nets. You know, you don't know what this is about, but the way they used to fish uh, on the Galilee, they threw out and they, the, you know, the, the nets would get snagged on stuff, probably logs or whatever, maybe big fish and they'd get cut. So they'd have to mend their nets periodically. They'd have to put things back together. And that's the role of the, the ministry office gifts in the church, Paul says. It's to equip, it's to mend the lives. Actually, we can't do a lot of that. We can point you to the mender and that's what the role of the, the pastor, or the teacher, or the evangelist or the prophet or, 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 or you know, the apostle. It's to, it's to point to Christ, the mender. And then once we are mended in the body of Christ, then we do the work of ministry and we care for one another. We care for those within the walls, of the assembled and those outside of the walls. And that's, that's the picture. And that's the beautiful picture that the Lord, that, that, that ministry and the ministry gifts. And then in the context of that scripture there, uh, Paul says, he says this in, in verse uh, 16 of chapter four, as each part does its work, that's you and I, it helps the other parts grow. So as each one of us do our part, it brings strength and growth to the others. So Christ's whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. So when we are equipped, you know, as we are raised up, as we are made whole, then we are making others whole. And the point being, again, uh, we need each other to walk together for sure. And uh, Peter's, uh, in fact, what happens when we, when, we, when we come together, when we walk together, there's that fostering of growth and health. And in Peter's first letter to the uh, to some believers living in what's modern day Turkey. He says it this way. I thought this was good. He says, the end of all things is near. Now you have to understand the disciples. This is probably written around AD 60. Maybe somewhere it's believed that he, uh, that Peter uh, was, tradition says that he lost his life. He was martyred in Rome, probably around 66. So it's believed that it's maybe between 60 and 64, 65, that he's writing these letters to the believers uh, throughout what's modern day Turkey. And he says, the end of things is near. So he's thinking that the end is near probably because of the way things are heating up and things are getting so, so crazy. So the first Christians believe they're in the end times. You hear people talk about the end times today. We've been talking end times for 2000 years. Therefore, he said, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I like that. One translation for the offer of hospitality says, open your homes to each other without complaining. That's the ultimate act of hospitality. You open your lives, you open your hearts, you open the doors of where you live. You invite people in to where you live and say, come on, I'll walk with you. So that's the first point. And that, I, I wanted to labor on that one a little because it's so good. We need, someone wrote a song, one is the loneliest number I've ever heard. It really is. It really, it, we just weren't created for one. We were created 
for community and we were created to be together. So look at this next point here. It's, I need, I need you to work with me. I need you to work with me. I don't know how many times we're working around the church doing, picking up something or whatever. I say, hey, can, can you just give me a hand here? Because that second set of hands to lift the desk or, you know, sometimes you can use a four-wheel dolly and tip it over, but we were staining a door downstairs that we bought for Jonathan, Jonathan's office and it's a, a solid core door and I was staining it and, and sealing it this past week. And it was so heavy that, that, you know, you're trying to pick it up. And so I just, we'd stain. I say, hey, Jonathan, come here, just help me tip. And it, just, it just went so easy with his second set of hands. It's just common sense. We know that so, but this is a spiritual principle in this walk that we're on, in this kingdom that we're a part of, this otherworldly kingdom in Jesus Christ. I need you to work with me. Uh, look at this. Uh, Paul writes in Ephesians, or to the Ephesians, uh, and, and I, I, want you, I want to come in before this verse, but look at this verse right here, talking about work. It says, it's, for, for it's by grace that you've been saved, through faith, stop for a second. What that's saying is, it's the grace of God that birthed me into this kingdom, that brought me to salvation. It's grace, okay? And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. So what's that saying? Grace, not of mine. I can't earn this. I can't dance a certain way. I can't stand on the street corner and shave my head and sing or hum or do it. Nothing there in my own effort uh, earns me salvation. It's a gift. You can't buy a gift. A gift is given, okay? And then look at there. Not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, isn't this point... Uh, I need you to work with me. You say, Pastor Brian, you've just messed up your point. No, no, hold on. Paul goes on to say, as he writes to this early church, he says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I wasn't saved by works, but I was saved for works. Isn't that what this is saying? I, I, you don't have to be a rocket theologian to see this. There's nothing I can do in and of myself to, to, to earn salvation. It's a gift. But once I'm born into this kingdom, once I'm born into Christ, I've been created, his handiwork, Jesus has formed me into a new creation to do good works. That's good stuff. That's worth, uh, that's worth tweeting, okay? I need you to work with me. Solomon in his great wisdom in Ecclesiastes, we see this as two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Well, yeah, that's what I told you downstairs. I couldn't, didn't want to strain my back. It just made sense. I, I walked out Ecclesiastes 4.9 this week with Jonathan. Now, what's the benefit? What's the benefit of working with me? Together, we are God's answer to fatigue. And that's, that's, that's real there's times that, uh, that, that we're, we're doing things and we're serving God, we're serving Christ. And when you're, when you're alienated, when you're isolated, you, we get worn out, we become vulnerable, we get fatigued. In Galatians chapter six, uh, Paul says, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all. Isn't that good? Starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. I like that, starting this is just not exclusive. This is how we love on each other and we're all healthy here. We take the health that God's giving us here and it starts here and then we go out and we just, we bless our neighborhood association on Earth Day. Yeah, I think that's coming up in April. We bless our next door neighbor when their snowblower breaks down and we get to, we get to love and we get to 
we get to be an expression of, 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 um, of gifting and blessing to those around us. Okay, so let's keep going here. I need you to watch out for me. I need someone to cover my back. I need someone to, there's, there's a large group where we meet once, you hear me talking about this, some of you might be visiting, but there's a group of pastors here in our city, probably 40, 50 on the list, maybe more, and maybe half of that shows up a month because we're always going different directions or whatever, but it's, oh, I know, I've been able to do this for the last 20, actually for the last 30 years, I've been a part of a pastor's group, uh, and, and this group has been around probably 15 to 17 years, and I just so look forward to the third Tuesday every month. But the fourth Tuesday is not 20 or 30 pastors, it's just five of us or six of us that get together. And the first question we ask after we provide lunch Whoever's host, usually I'm hosting it. Sometimes they all bring a lunch or different ones bring lunches. And we usually host it here at the church, fourth Tuesday. And the first question we ask after we have a meal together is, how's your soul? How, how you doing? What, because the, the purpose is not the gossip. The purpose is how can we pray for each other? How can we, how can we uh, watch out for one another? And I'm not at liberty to tell you, but we've been covering each other's souls for the last couple of years, just six of us. Now, I've been, again, I've been doing this for years with a larger group, but it's just amazing. And there's been times that I've been in a dark place in my own life, in my own journey here. And those, those guys will surround me and they'll lay their hands and they'll speak words of encouragement over me. They will watch over my soul. Listen, this isn't just, this just isn't a, a celebrate recovery principle. And I know that's really encouraged through, the, through that beautiful ministry, one that we're able to host here at our church. But it's, it's a principle that, was, uh, that, that, that I believe is from the very heart of God that uh, is, is greater than just a support strategic ministry. It's what the church is about. We need to watch out for one another. And of course, the, the benefit, there's always a benefit. I think we can see the benefit. See if you can spot it here in, in uh, Philippians. Let's see. I didn't get to that scripture. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather do in humility, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but we're looking for something, right? But each of you to the interests of others. So you could say, not looking to your own, but looking to the interests of others. We're looking. We're looking out for one another. And in uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12, see if we can spot what the benefit of this is. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are even better, uh, three are even better, it says, for a, a, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Um, and you've tried that. You've, you've taken a straight rope and you've tied it. You've got three different ones. And just, it's very, it, it, it's, it brings sturdiness. It brings, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Strength, I guess is what I'm looking for. Uh, but so here's the benefit. Together, we are God's answer uh, to defeat, which is real in the world we live in. We get overwhelmed, we get defeated, we get run down. But when we're together, and especially three, so, you know, increase your circle of, of, of love in this respect and, uh, and accountability and uh, pray for one another. And, and this, is, this is a gift that God's given us. Here's another point as we move along this morning. That is, I need you to weep with me, all right? I need you to uh, weep with me. Now, uh, this, this is something that, you know, the longer I live, the more I realize I have very few answers when somebody is going through crisis, unless I've gone through that crisis myself. Um, I could not speak um, cancer 
until we encountered it in our lives. All right. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, uh, you, you, you're tracking with me. You're overwhelmed by somebody's burden when they're, when they're in a battle and in a difficult time. And at that point, it's, it's best just to stand. If you don't speak that language, if your shoes, have, you know, never walked in those shoes, it's probably best to just shoulder up, you know, kind of like your favorite golden retriever, just shoulder up, snuggle up to that person and say, I'm here for you. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I have no answer, but I'm praying for you. And I can bring you a meal and I can walk with you. I can love you. I can weep. I can weep. Those tears are, are powerful um, because it's a principle that God's given us. Uh, again, in First Peter, finally it says, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and, and humble. He's writing to these young Christians who are going through persecution themselves. Um, the, the Living Bible says it this way. It says, you should be like one big family full of sympathy toward each other, just filled with that compassion and that love. The ESV in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. All right. Again, it doesn't, we don't have to have answers. We don't have to have counsel. Don't be like Job's wild friends. Just, just come alongside and not only walk, but at times when it's appropriate, just enter into their brokenness and just weep and love. And uh, we need that uh, always in the body of Christ. And the benefit, uh, well, together we are God's answer for despair. In Romans chapter 12, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures and if you're writing it down or you can listen to the podcast, these are just great scriptures. I'm trying to bring some of them into context so we're just not grabbing them. But, but look at this, it says, be happy with those who are happy, weep with those who weep. Yeah, it's easy to be joyful and, you know, but the, the flip side, Paul is saying, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, as important as, as, as laughter and joy and celebration is, is entering into that place of, of brokenness and weeping and, and carrying that burden. Okay, so finally, I need, I need you uh, to witness for me. <laughs> So what's that all about? What's that mean? Witness, okay. I, I'm reminded of John chapter, you're familiar with the new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Look at this. By this, everyone will know. Some translations by this, the world will know, all right? You've maybe read it that way, that you are my disciples if you love one another. So I'm not a big enough witness on my own, but Jesus said this, as we love one another, as we practice love towards one another, that those who aren't yet a part of Christ's kingdom, those who uh, uh, are watching from the outside, they're observing our lives, they go, man, that is a community that really loves. And again, it's not exclusive to one another. Our love always goes outside. It's, it's meant to go outside. But Jesus is saying, the demonstration that you have for one another is going to be a testimony to the world and to those uh, outside, everyone will know that you belong to me. Uh, we need each other to be that witness of the resurrected Christ in our lives.
Uh, look at here. I think uh, the, the New Living Translation says this way. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I like it that way, don't you? It'll prove. So the benefit, let's stand together. The benefit of this is uh, we, you and I together, are God's answer to a world that is, is, is hurting and broken, hungry and thirsty for the bread of life, for living water. The beginning of, of Philippians uh, chapter one says, you're working together and you struggle, you struggle side by side to get others to believe the good news. You're working together and you struggle side by side to get others to believe the good news. Together, it's a, it's a team effort. It's a family that God is forging in us and in our midst. So uh, the question, why you? Uh, why me? Why we? That's, that's a good title for this morning's message, right? Because it's, it's God's design and it's designed to be a great blessing to all. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this day today and this opportunity to focus on the beauty of togetherness, the beauty of community, Lord. Um, Lord, we pray for those who are carrying a measure of loneliness in their lives even today. And Lord, I just pray that you would... Um, you would breathe life and hope into them. Lord, we've ex many of us have experienced that place in our lives where it's like you just, you, you showed up and you turned the lights on and we, we were changed. Lord, I pray for that kind of encounter for those who may be in a dire place today who are experiencing so much heaviness and loneliness that Lord Jesus, you would, you would breathe hope into their hearts that's a supernatural hope. Lord, that you would uh, create a place even here or in another community of faith where uh, those who may be visiting or those who are part of this community could be uh, better connected. And Lord, that as fellow believers, that we would um, be sensitive to walk out the calling that we have to just do that walk together and to work together and to watch over one another and to uh, weep with one another and to be a testimony of, of your great grace, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I ask this in your name. Words are important, especially when it's your scripture, but Lord, we need your punctuation point to just settle over our hearts today to make even this rapid fire of scriptures come alive. Lord, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would maybe take a scripture and that you just implode it, that you just drop it deep within our hearts and just, just release whatever nutrients, <laughs> spiritual nutrients we need for our soul today. Lord, would you... Would you go deeper? I know my humanity. We all know our humanity, but Holy Spirit, you are sovereign. Lord Jesus, you are Lord of our lives. And we invite you to come even now and do something deeper, deeper in our hearts and our lives, Lord. Sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it may be a minute. Lord, take whatever is needed and germinate within our souls what's, what can see us to that point of a breakthrough today, I pray, Jesus. I ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, check out our website at www.ridway.church.